the Comedy Zone podcast is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Now offering video visits so you can take control of your orthopedic care from the comfort of your home. Schedule online at orthocarolina.com. Ortho Carolina, you improved. From Charlotte, North Carolina, this is the Comedy Zone Podcast. Find us on Twitter at the CZ Podcast. Email us at ComedyZonePodcast at gmail.com. Now, your host, Jason Allen King. Welcome to the Comedy Zone podcast for the week of July 29th. I'm your host, Jason Allen King. Thanks for tuning in. We have a fascinating show for you brave listeners this week, and you are brave for listening to this one. Uh, we've got a real somebody in the Ortho Carolina Queen City podcast and network studio tonight. But first, it's always fun to see this handsome guy. Uh, the man behind the curtain. You love him. How you doing, Brian? Is there someone behind me? <laughs> Did I miss that? It's you. Wait, There's uh, not even a curtain, really, but <laughs> you're right, sitting right there. How you doing, buddy? How's uh, the saga, the, ho- the home saga? I can't remember where we left it off last week, but we got a house. Got a house. So we're okay. We landed on our feet. It's a really, a really cool place. We can't move until September 6th, which is Labor Day. Okay. Right. Now, it bears the irony. The irony. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It also bears mentioning that September 6th, really the 7th, I guess, but is the start of the uh, Queen City Comedy Festival in Charlotte, oh, which you're, you're going to be a mess, which we're heavily involved in. Uh, the week after that is Charlotte Shout, which we're going to be heavily involved in. Mm-mm. And the second week of Charlotte Shout is the Charlotte Podcast Festival, which we're, as you might imagine, heavily involved in as well. So September's already gone and yeah. I will not have slept until October. No, absolutely so, not. This is unacceptable. Yeah. So we did land on our feet, got a really cool place. I'm going to die in September. Nobody, yeah, nobody... <laughs> Honestly, That's nobody cares about you. They want to know if the cat has a place to live. That's all they really care about. Yeah, no, about. the cat's going to be fine. Okay. Yes. Is yeah. the cat on any of these shows, on any of those? We have a podcast with the cat. <laughs> okay, good. We should, though. I'm thinking about it. Good, good. Well, <laughs> we are going to move on because we should. you yeah. know in the, the 10 minutes we've been here that our guest, there's no slowing him down. It's no. This, he's a, <laughs> I don't even know where to begin. Uh, he's a different guest than we often have on the show, uh, on the podcast here. I have to follow the cat? Because <laughs> you, you do. <laughs> At least the cat lived in this story. Because <laughs> he's not just a comedian. This guy is a riot. Our special guest is a screenwriter, producer, comedian, actor, director. He's written scripts, episodes on Chicago Fire, The Mob Doctor, Chicago P. Shots fired in Law and Order SVU, Ooh. which he has also been a producer on those those last two I mentioned, among other feature films like Deadly Class and The Purge. He's also been nominated for some screenwriting awards. Like I did my homework, and he's acted in a number of projects. Uh, he's been a stand-up comedian for years, and it's had a long-running show. And I'm going to say it wrong. Is it the Tremont? Was it the Tremont? What was the name of the club? The- oh, the stand-up show? Yeah. Was it Radford Hall? Radford Hall. Excuse me. I see. I, I, I blew it. <laughs> but he's worked with everyone, and I had the chance to work with him, and we've remained yeah. friends. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Mick Betancourt to the show. Oh, thanks for having me, guys. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Follow the cat. Oh, my God. <laughs> So, every, I, I do want people to know that we met. We worked together. Yeah, yeah. At, what was that, 2014? Se- wait, 15? Yeah, I don't even remember. I, yeah. Mid 10s? Yeah. T- time has no meaning uh, over the <laughs> yeah. past uh, two years. Yeah. So, the uh, uh, TV show Shots Fired came into town, which you produced and you wrote some episodes on that. Yeah. And you were this high powered, ultra talented oh. guy who came through and we. <laughs> We got to know each other. We shared some common interests. We became uh, friends. We and, saw uh, a show. We saw Andrew yeah, Santino at the right. Comedy Zone. We sure did. Which was a good time right before his Showtime special. Shout out to fellow Chicago and yeah. Andrew Santino, who's on Lil Dicky's show right now. Oh, on, that's right. Uh, you did tell me that. Yeah, I, didn't, yeah. I, I didn't actually, so, I haven't seen him on there yet. So that's, that's really cool. I have man. nothing to promote, so go watch Santino. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was really cool. And he's, he's a knockout uh, comedian. Super his special is really good. Yeah, I, yeah. I saw that. Where he went back, right, to Chicago. Yeah, yeah. And I remember that he, he did a whole thing. It was pretty funny. This is a red-haired Chicago. Like, of course, right? <laughs> anyway. We've played 16 in softball a couple times, which if you've never played before, is an outstanding and very unique Chicago. The ball is called the clincher. <laughs> I'm going to go in the Chicago accent now, Brian. <laughs> Come on. Huh? Keep your pants on, guy. It's a 16-inch softball, and it's super hard when you start the game. No pun intended. This all and sounds that's, like that's, – It's uh, And there's no mitts. Erotic. Uh, there's no what? There's no, no mitts. mitts. Oh, yeah, there's no mitts. So everyone just shatters all the bones in their fingers, and like <laughs> your thumb gets jammed up, and you're like yeah. – Or your pinky, and you turn it, and the other guy yanks it out. And <laughs> it's total insanity. And back in Chicago wow. in the leagues, some – 
leagues have like a keg on first, a keg on third. Back back in the day when I was uh, slightly less healthy than I am now, I would smoke (laughs) while playing third base, (laughs) and I called the Marlboro Red the enticer, (laughs) 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 trying to get the other team so angry that they would just try to take my head off. This is my kind of ball. I love so much fun. Yeah, yeah, I love sandlot balls. It was the most fun. Get a ground ball to you, you're gonna lose a tooth, and I a nose. (laughs) Something is right. It was amazing. We played on the worst fields you have ever seen. That's oh, why yeah. I ended up being good because of those stupid fields, right? Like you just, I used to get pelted all the time. It was yeah. amazing. You're I know I'm not afraid of the ball. ankles sliding yeah. into home. There's a divot no one saw. <laughs> Literally on our field, someone slid Rolling in and her ankles. leg went in and we heard it because the couple oh. games we played one time and like her femur just came out. Like no. her body kept Dude. going, her foot went in. And this is wow. where the more drama side of my interview is going to come into play. <laughs> yeah, there's... <laughs> I like it though. I'm surprised just, that hasn't I snuck into a Chicago it, Fire yeah. script. Right, <laughs> yes, I was gonna say Chicago Fire. <laughs> like, yeah, that's it. Gonna play softball, guys. Special victims oh, unit. Oh, femur. It was, the, <laughs> it was the girl playing softball. Yeah, so you're you are your Chicago guy though. I mean, that's uh, it's obvious to me. But, um, that is uh, <laughs> the worst accent. Uh, hey, here's what you don't want to hear. <laughs> Pass me the scalpel, nurse. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that shit has gone horribly sideways. If that, you hear those words while you're just starting to lose consciousness, <laughs> <laughs> I hear. I always laugh at that. The accents for that. You never hear a do- like a doctor or someone who likes Star Wars. You know, they're like, uh, oh, I like Yoda. He's a big yeah. guy. You know, let's go watch some Star <laughs> exactly, Wars, Jay. Yeah. I, I find the real spiritual. <laughs> it's about God, you know. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. So you you were there. Did you so did you leave and come back and start working there, or did you in Chicago? Yeah. No, I came up in Chicago, and um, the scene was dead. You know, I, I like to come in everything when it's dead. Like I started skateboarding <laughs> when they were like, you have to be a real piece of shit <laughs> to yeah. skateboard right now. It's like all grungy punk yeah. rockers, like. That bubble in the like late 80s, had pa- like 70s, 80s had mm-hmm. kind of passed. And we just did it because we loved it. And comedy was right kind on. of the same way. Like all the that big boom in the 80s had ended, but you could still watch like the A-list and, okay. you know, like uh, Rodney uh, Dangerfield's Wait. special on uh, HBO. But there was uh-huh. one... So Zany's was open, but the improv had closed. I think there might have been a laugh at... You know, there were a bunch of clubs that just yeah. shut down in Chicago. And Zany's right. was like the only gig in town. But no one had the chops, one to kind of get in and they weren't really like nurturing an ecosystem because they the were business just bringing was people dead. in. Oh, okay. You know, so you had to bring in people that could throw, you know, where you could drop a $40 bill in front of somebody and they would be like, what for that fucking guy? Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> he's just learning how to tell jokes. Like you should be paying me to come here. Uh, and okay. uh, so we just like, that was there, but it was really tough to get into. And yeah. so we just started our own scene. We just started going to places, and that was what I guess you would consider the beginning of the alt scene, like the alternative. Yeah, right. the sure. Bookstores, we would find bars that had any type of stage, and we would go in and we would just try to four wall the place and yeah. open mics. And no, we're just talking about like comic book stores and, and that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. It's happening now. I mean, I think it's a different, you know. But Kumail Nanjiani was one of the people that started coming through the open mic scene in the Lions Den, which was there, and the Red Line, which was Mark Geary's room, who then went on to start uh, the Lincoln Lodge, which is still going right now and is the longest independent running show in Chicago. So if you're a wow. fan of comedy, go to Mark Geary's show, I think, which is by North Damon in Milwaukee right now. But it was just so exciting because there was no show shooting there. Maybe one casting director. There was no business to it. Yeah. It was just, we want to be really funny. How do we do that? Right. And just going out every night and trying to figure it out pre-internet. <laughs> yeah. It was crazy. Yeah. We always laughed about work too. We're working in the business pre-internet. What did, what did people do? Yeah. Scouting and I would have to do your act. Not yeah. like in a stealing type of way, but I'd be right. like, I just met this kid from Charlotte. His name's Jason and he does this bit. And then I would try to imitate you oh my to do the bit. And that's how your bits would get around and people would start talking about you as a comedian. No kidding. Yeah. In the green rooms, that's they'd be crazy. like, do you, do you hear this guy, Louis CK, this was pre-jerking off in front of people. You'd be like, <laughs> when his act was- Well, I mean, little, he probably was bit, doing it then. No one was just yeah. talking about it. Right after he jerked off on my face he did this one bit (laughs) (laughs) jesus christ but that's cool but so did you you did stand up first then before you got into the writing and all this other stuff i did yeah well i'd always been writing since grade school is maybe someone would pick up guitar yeah and then before they got actually paid to pick up the guitar it's been something that i've been engaged in for probably longer than anything else yeah but I mean, I started doing stand-up. I went to Second City, Annoyance, and, and I was uh, I.O. I did, yeah, yeah, right, I did I those know. at the same time. And to give you kind of how a snapshot of how divided and clickish the scene was back then, 
you couldn't tell somebody at Second City that you were doing stand-up. So I thought you were hacky and that it was right. just such a different art form than improv and it was beneath it. And so then you would see improv guys kind of sneak away and do sets at the open really? mics. And it was unwritten kind of rule of like, oh, I was never here. Like, <laughs> Oh my, well, what's funny is that I kind of feel like that's flipped a little bit. There's so much of that here, which I'm a, I'm a fan of both and I'm kind yeah. of openly a fan of both, but the, but the, I think there's a lot of standups who, I mean, I say, I think most of them are kind of turn their nose uh, up to, to improv in that now, which I, which I just never quite understood. It's like, I mean, I think they're different thing. Why can't they both be funny? But sure. I think any, any reason to prohibit your success Right. stand-up comics want to, want to do yeah, that yeah any, any reason you feel sorry for yourself or somehow play the victim right. like how to shoot that into your neck <laughs> but i will say that nothing probably has helped me more creatively than improv yeah and nothing is worse to see when it's not going well than stand-up yeah, and improv but, they're yeah. brutal to develop in but when you see Shout out to TJ Jagodowski and Dave Piscazzi, who did TJ and Dave, that long-running show at I.O. If you're unfamiliar, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. a documentary on it. You know, that was the two, two maestros at the top of their art form, and they would walk out on stage and either knowing what the other was going to say, and I think they'd improvise for an hour and a half and with full arcs of multiple characters and storylines and packed house and it was it was sheer genius so when it right. when you see it and it's magnificent that's you're touching a live electric wire that yeah, will live right and die on. in that moment it's kind of like when you see a comedian really just like a mickey mouse and fantasia just with the water just right like i've seen comedians <laughs> at like really this late guy's shows. talking like, like a writer good <laughs> lord <laughs> you know what i mean like you got a writer boner right now this is beautiful see yeah. people moving yeah. they're, they're they're no longer in control of themselves and there's only one person <laughs> on stage in a spotlight with a microphone and it's yeah. just conducting this like human experiment it's magical there's nothing like it <laughs> i had to just lower the bar we got very heady there yeah, it was yeah, very heady you, for a moment i'm glad you no one of my favorite parts is 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 the acknowledgement that that stand-up and both stand-up and improv when not done well is just is not good that doesn't mean it's a shit art form. It doesn't mean the people who are doing it are shit. None of that. It means But you know what else developing. is like that? You know what else is like that? Everything. <laughs> <laughs> right? But you set this weird bar when it goes, oh, my son took guitar lessons for two weeks and he's... <laughs> He can't play it. What a fucking asshole. Like, like, just like give somebody a we shot. We tell him like, to get out of the house when yeah, he's playing like, that thing, right? Like, yes, like, exactly. like someone you care about grow as an artist. <laughs> Why don't I think you're amazing already? <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's such a weird thing. No, no, no only, right. only creativity, no yeah. you know, like, ah, you know, I'm, I'm, just got my CPA. Oh, don't worry about it. You'll learn. Every year you'll get better. Anything else. Anything yeah, creative. Like I wrote yeah. the story. You took a shit on paper is what you did. You're like, oh my God. I was trying to write a stupid five-page short story. Right. We should go kill yourself. Oh, that's dramatic. That is. Escalated quickly as they say. Yeah, right. You're exactly right. That's is what you hear about this all the time and everything. Yeah. We have no patience for, for, that, for that creative growth. Plus, when you're doing comedy specifically, not so much improv, but stand-up, invariably, it's so hard. Acting's hard. A lot of sure. creative things are hard. Writing is hard. Yeah. But, but because when you experience it, it seems so easy. There's 24 letters in the alphabet. Those are the notes which you will be playing words mm -hmm. with, right? Like if you're a writer, like you have 24 letters, go. Someone who might have told jokes or thinks they're funny will invariably come up to somebody after a stand-up show and be like, uh, use this in your act. Use this right. in your act. Right, like, right. there was a guy who was like a butcher. I swear to God, he comes up to me and goes, you know, I, I should have been what you're doing, let me tell you, because, <laughs> but I'm a butcher right now. And I go, what do you mean, you're cutting meat? Yeah, yeah, so listen, I do a thing with the meat and I'm cutting it anyway. I could, I could send it to you. You just put it right in your act. <laughs> I'm like, oh, it's be seamless. Right. <laughs> yeah. I got that whole meat section right 20, 20 minutes in. in. 20 minutes yeah, really my old personality, everyone is a butcher. And then I do 20 minute character like Andrew Dice Clay, which will eventually become my act and then we'll split the money. <laughs> it's like, what the yeah. fuck? It's high, yeah, it's it's painful because it doesn't matter what level you are. You've been yeah. doing this forever. You're a pro. You know, a year in, I got my brothers. You got put this in your act. You're gonna oh, yeah. love this. Still. I'm like, what act? Yeah, yeah. I got, I'm still figuring out how to do this shit. Put this in one of your skits. Yeah. Put this in one of your skits. <laughs> 
<laughs> then it's like, who's got a loaded gun? How about this? How about this? You, you think an accountant has to deal with this? You're an hour into your work day and the boss comes in and goes, just so you know, we just had a uh, 10 top bachelorette party. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm doing 10. What? Yeah. And they have dicks taped to their face and they're going to scream and shout throughout your entire act. While you're working the calculator, they're just going to be, they're just going to be screaming, talk about Tina's tits. <laughs> Talk about with your calculator and Tina's chips. <laughs> like I don't. Why is that a thing I got to deal with at work? Don't hear, don't raise your voice at them because they will all attack you. Oh my god! Yeah. You just get assaulted with dick lollipops flying towards the stage. Oh god! That's a Thursday. Uh, that's that's crazy. You're right. There's a, it's the funniest thing in the world because I'll be the I'm the absolute culprit. I'll throw myself under the bus and say, yeah. There's sometimes I'm at an open mic. I'm like, what? Am I doing yeah. here? This is garbage. These people all need to go home <laughs> and apologize to their parents. There's <laughs> a duality of purpose. You are both the artist and the hater. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I totally be that. I, I will absolutely admit it. And and I shouldn't. I should be more more accepting. That being said, I mean, of course, I'm supportive of people. But sure, some people really don't need to be doing this. But that's a different conversation. Well, open mics for those that are have never been to one before is a real gunslinger environment where yeah. it's 98% comedians who are tariff, you know, new, new in the journey. So they're incapable of paying attention because they're being hijacked by their adrenal system. (laughs) (laughs) Terrified that they have to go up and tell these horrible jokes that they thought were funny in the parking lot. And now they've gotten inside and saw the other scornful eight other people that (laughs) are ready to go up. And so if you can make people laugh in that environment, I think it translates well, but it is a very tough way to to develop any skill because there's no shortcut to being consistently funny. And by that, I mean, build your 15 minute host act, your 10 to 15 minute host act, build your 30 minute feature set, then build 45, which is a huge Mm -hmm. leap Yeah, because you can't, I mean, Gaffigan's probably the only, and Sebastian are the only, best styling too, really has a very consistent Mm -hmm. pace throughout the act, Mm -hmm. but you need, you know, a peaks and valleys to have it be a really entertaining kind of soulful experience rather than just firing the cannon yeah. every 20 to 40 seconds. Yeah, that's right. And that's a, and that's a lot of jokes. It's a ton. If that's who, that's who you are. I mean, yeah. that's a lot of, that's a lot of material. I was just talking to someone about this recently where, where they were, I might've been listening to, uh, Who's the here's your sign guy again? Jesus Christ. I'm doing a Bill com- doing a comedy podcast and I can't remember his name for crying out loud. Anyway, but he was, Bill he was talking about right? this now uh, uh, the other guy. Where's your sign? What did I is that what I said? Who am I thinking of, Brian? Not Bill Larry Engel, the, the other guy. one. No, the third Jeff one. Jeff Foxworth. Jeff Foxworth. <laughs> how do I remember? I got a whole story about how I met the guy. He said you it was funny. You just fucking dragged me into a Larry the Cable guy hole right now. That's what, I, that's what I'm here for. At some point, I try to get at least one person to say Larry the Cable guy on every episode. That's the I, uh, I could fix that whole segment. if. I'm oh, not, dear I'm God. Not, I'm not going to. Please do. But I could. <laughs> Fix it, but I'm, I'm not. No, he's going to make everyone you're, suffer you're, for my <laughs> my failings. Shout out to the cat. <laughs> <laughs> my whole point was storytellers versus you know, sure. you know, joke tellers. Is that's a lot. Forty five minutes, a lot of material, especially if you're trying to give some some ebb and flow, so that it's not just bing, yep, bing, 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 bing. You're going to exhaust people. At least I do. There's something <laughs> you know. There is a a high level of probably unexpected craft to the joke slinger who can pull off a character, whether like Seinfeld, you don't know mm-hmm. really anything personal about Seinfeld. I mean, you know, sure, for the right. show, all he does is, is, is throwing out very smart, smartly written and presented and performed observations. Right. But somehow he's likable. He's accessible. He's been doing it for a really long time, but yeah. it's so hard. Almost nobody does it. I mean, they try to hit that really bar, interesting. Yeah. but it's just like Larry, the cable guy, just, Joke, 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 Jeff yeah. Foxworthy, but it's coming from kind of a southern blue collar point of view. Sure. The, the, where the wheelhouse of the material is, but that just firing the joke can. And even if you look yeah. at Gaff again, I mean, he throws in personal stuff about marriage and stuff, but it's food, hot pockets. Yeah, right. Like, right. Yeah. You're really just talking about eating and jokes about Brian, eating. Brian Regan's another one. Same I, thing. Yeah, I was thinking the same. I think these guys, are, I, I think you're right. I think they're great and they're like, they're just spectacular what they do, but it, there is, a, there sometimes is a lack of like, what have, what have I, what have I learned here? What's, what am I walking away with? The older I get, 
Brian Regan tells the best story. Now he is a road dog. So like, yeah. you know, he's put in the work and deserves every single thing that he's gotten. But one, he was telling the story that he's pulling up to a Denny's in his bus and he's got like a $5 million Prevost tour bus, you know, cause he's banging down probably 18 mil a year yeah, right. on the road. And he comes off the bus and some woman's coming from the Denny's into her car and she goes up and she whispers in his ear, who's on that bus? <laughs> oh my God, that's awesome. But it's amazing because he yeah, has his fans. Yeah, yeah. He can sell out 5,000 seat theaters, probably yeah. minimum at this point. Right. And can go anywhere in the world and most people won't bother him. I have famous friends in LA. It is a fucking nightmare. Yeah. A nightmare. I was at a deli one time with a guy and we go back, 20 years, stand-up comedian, and this table next to us is just mean mugging us. It's late, like midnight. And I say, Bill, I'm going to go over and tell these motherfuckers to knock it off. And he goes, I'm on the fucking billboard outside. <laughs> and like, I had forgotten because I just know him as an idiot from Pittsburgh. Like, right. yeah, but yeah, yeah. he's a star yeah. and he can't go anywhere. He just wow. can't. People just, they wanted pictures with his kids. They touch his kids. Ooh, like they put their yeah. arms around him and like, I'm taking pictures. It's like, mm. whoa. It's a very specific it's kind of horrible. fan that he has. That's yeah. weird. Well, here's a weird thing. And I'm, I'm, I'm just tell me, shut the fuck up. No, no, but go, go, go. What was interesting, being out in LA for a minute, is an old producer told me this story. TV fame will always be more invasive than movie star fame. Mm -hmm. And he broke it down of like, you're in bed yeah. at night. You're, you're in your underpants. on your. They're in your home. Yeah, but right. a movie star, you have to go see. Yeah. You drive, you sit, you're with other people. They're 40 feet by 40 feet. Yeah, They're larger, larger than, than life. life. Yeah. So watch. And then I started to watch because through a odd set of circumstances, I started, well, we worked with movie stars sure. on, on yeah. Jafar. So mm -hmm. like legit Academy Award winners. Totally. People were so intimidated to come up to that guy. Can you think I can go? But the yeah. TV people, they're like, money! Because yeah. they've been in the living room for 20 years. Like, they touch you. They, it's incredibly yeah, invasive. Yeah, it's interesting. Brent Moore and Jason Collings, they were here in town. We went out a couple of times. And they had a similar take on it, too. And even went a step further with stand-up comics. Like any even famous stand-up comics that are, that are uh, uh, he said, you know, you're out at a club and you'll be hanging out and you'll see, you know, Leo is over there. No one's going near him. Like you said, they're terrified of him. Yeah. But Brent will walk in the room. They're like, I know that guy. He's been on a couple TV shows and he does stand-up comic. They're running up and tackling him. And not because he's a huge, but just because, hey, I know that guy. He's yeah. great. I love this guy. He's approachable. Leo's playing a character on the, like you said, on the big screen and all that. It's amazing. It's a really like a psychological thing that, that happens with people. It's kind of neat. This art form is the most personal. Yeah. Because almost, well, you taught it, Brian. So like I would probably say, and I don't know this number for sure, maybe you do, 90% of the people are listening in earbuds alone. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, it's yeah. real, it's super intimate. Yep. It's, you know, you have to ah, insert right, the earbuds right. in it. So it's a very, it's a very personal, yeah. very intimate. I did thing. a, wow. my podcast, I did 157 episodes of it. It was, the log line was half drama, half drama, half comedy, all heart. All heart. So it was a little, it was a little mixture of everything. I had people from all walks of life, but really I wanted to dedicate that podcast to kind of self-improvement. I wouldn't call it like a, eh, maybe motivational, but really the, 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 the people that listened were incredibly loyal, fierce followers. But then because of this intimacy, mm -hmm. people started calling me like, you got to help me out. You got to connect me with this person. You yeah. got to do this. Oh, wow. And I tried to email, like I would handwrite letters to people. Like if you wrote a five-star review, I'd mail you a free shirt, a handwritten letter. Like that's the type of, and yeah, I, I, I mailed those all over the world. Like it was just a beautiful experience. But then people were like, I'm going to kill your fucking family. And, and Jesus. here's a weird thing. I don't come like, because I'm pre-internet, I'm like, oh, now I go to your house. Like, right, oh, are we going right, in tough right, guy right, mode? Right, are we right. fucking around? <laughs> yeah, oh, this is a thing. Yeah, right. Like, I'll yeah. fly to you. I PayPal'd a guy money for the plane ticket. <laughs> I'm like, homeboy, come by. Come yeah. through, you piece of shit. <laughs> and you know, most, like the newer generation are like, no, that's just internet trolling. And it took me a while yeah, right. to really understand what that is. How do you react to it? Because I grew up in a much different environment where yeah. I'm lesson learned. I ran my mouth once when I was in eighth grade. I talked shit. Talk shit, get hit. That's how I learned that lesson. Sure. Delta 88 rolled up. Dudes popped out. They tried to blow my teeth out. They fucking mm -hmm. gave me a beat down. Guess what? I stopped talking shit. <laughs> <laughs> Smart. There were these things. This is going to be a weird word for a lot of a, anybody I, uh, that's <laughs> under the age of 35. And you can Google it. It's called consequences. <laughs> Wait, con, con. Yeah. Hold on. Yeah. Hold There's on. a Q in there, I think. <laughs> gotta write that down. It's a schwa e. Um, <laughs> schwa. Yeah. So it was insane. So I was like, oh, you want, you just think you can hop into my life 
hit the hornet's nest and then I'm just, what, what, because I podcast, I'm supposed to be like, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you could just fucking yeah. threaten my kids. Like, yeah, no, that's a different, that's uh, a different was, animal, right? Yeah, yeah. It was, it was, uh, so it took me a, a little while to learn like, uh, and I had to <laughs> lean on people whose lives were incredibly, they were public figures and I was not, I did a fucking dumb podcast. So I was like, how do you deal right. with this daily and that's a weird barter. You know what I mean? That's a weird yeah. to want to be famous or to want to be a successful actor sure. or a public figure. I, yeah, I, th- I think fame is certainly something that people people want. I have no know? idea. And, they, and I do think that that – and I also think that people think they know. Mm-hmm. I think people think they know. It's, and it's not the, the same. I've seen a, you know, a little bit. Well, again, we work with people. Work with George Clooney where we got to put up barriers everywhere we go before we get there. <laughs> yeah, yeah which was a fascinating thing. I got to see if I can get airspace so that they can't fly helicopters over our set. Yeah. Like this is crazy talk, but we, you know. Imagine never knowing, like just you're listening to this now and I'm going to clap. Ready? Here's a clap. From that moment that you heard that clap, imagine looking at everybody in your life, everybody, and not knowing who you can trust. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And who is your friend because they're your friend? What member of your family member is selling your fucking underwear? Like what? Oh my. What kind of crazy? I know which one. Shit I actually is. know which one. It's your, yeah, yeah. I figured it out. That it's was Bob. Surprisingly easy, actually. That one. I'm, it's the cat. <laughs> it's the cat. It's the cat. <laughs> the most famous one on this podcast. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy, man. It's it is crazy town, and and I'm I yeah, I'm kind of knocked out that this this discussion of the intimacy of this versus. You know, movies yeah. and and, and yeah. shout out to all the people that might be listening. That I, I love all you guys for real. That were that listened to the McBadden Court show. It was one of the greatest creative experiences yeah. in my life. Yeah, I was I was on the show. I had the pleasure of being yeah, on there. Yeah, man. Yeah, it was amazing. Actually, it was a really fun conversation. <laughs> Do you? I remember it actually very very clearly. Hotel room, both in our boxers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was hot. No, we weren't. It wasn't that. It wasn't that guy. We took ecstasy. I don't remember most of it. I don't know how long yeah. we were. I didn't on know it. what Molly was, but you're like, just try this. <laughs> like, I'm going to invite Molly to the podcast. It was like a sugar stick, but it was like. <laughs> Brian's over there going, we're going to get canceled. No, it's the name of my memoirs. It started out as a hand massage. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, God. Good Lord. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I don't want to go on a break, Brian. Do we have to? We, we don't have to. Yeah. Be nice. At some point. We, <laughs> <laughs> nice. You hear that? As the lights are flickering because the power company's on the fence. It would be the worst down. thing that could happen. Such such a- <laughs> All right. We'll get back to it because I want to know about, you know, the pandemic and oh, now, yeah. now you're, you're living in Charlotte now. It's fake. It's, I don't know if you heard. <laughs> it's a hoax. <laughs> All those deaths are bullshit. All right, so we'll, we'll take a we'll take a quick break. If you guys want to see uh, Mick uh, Mick Betancourt, uh, his address is four 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 Oakland Oakland Road. That's not <laughs> what. That's what not happened? true, actually. What just happened. But but we'll we'll get his uh, Twitter and Instagram out there. And don't forget this week at the Comedy Zone, the Mo- uh, Monster Energy Outbreak Tour presents Leonard Oates' Young Black and Funny Comedy Jam. I'll be on that. Ch- I'm not. I'm not on that. <laughs> CLTComedyZone.com for a full schedule. We'll be right back. At Ortho Carolina, my personalized orthopedic care feels like home because video visits bring my provider to me. Ortho Carolina, my care, my way. Schedule your appointment today at orthocarolina.com. Get ready. Broadway is returning to Charlotte. Blumenthal Performing Arts has an incredible selection of upcoming hits, including the returns of Hamilton and Wicked. Plus, the long-awaited Charlotte debut of Disney's Frozen and many more fan-favorite musicals and plays. Season tickets are on sale now at BlumenthalArts.org slash BPA Broadway. Wash your hands, avoid sick people, and touching your face. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Visit cdc.gov slash COVID-19. Brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. At Ortho Carolina, my personalized orthopedic care doesn't have to wait because after hours, urgent care knows accidents happen. Ortho Carolina, my care, my way. Schedule your appointment today at orthocarolina.com. This podcast is brought to you by Frank's Jocks. Use jock straps at half the price. (laughs) 
All right. Thanks, everybody. Hey, We're sponsor. back. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. <laughs> Queen City Podcast. We got new sponsors. Didn't expect that one, but uh, keep it strapped. <laughs> keep, keep it strapped with. All right. So we got. Uh, if, if you just heard, a Mick Betancourt is on the show, and he is a, a wild man. He's hysterical. He's got a great story. He's a very funny guy. We're glad to have you here. Wow, man. My pleasure, man, to be here. We were talking about your podcast, which, which unfortunately, I mean, people can hear it or they can't hear it now. Or are we gonna do it I think again? What do you want to well, do? Well, there's some there's some episodes that you could find online. What happened was, for those that are wondering, is. Um, Pulled it back down, was going to relaunch it and kind of rebranded and recorded uh, some new episodes to just kind of get ahead of the distribution cycle and the drive that it was on crashed. <laughs> so we had everything backed up to the cloud. So, um, yeah, it was a little heartbreaking. But That hurts my heart. Oh, yeah, man, it was that's uh, tough. That, it, was, it really terrible. does. That's, that's, that's a tough one. So I'm, I'm very sorry about that. Uh, but, but when you're, if I may, yeah. Yeah, sorry, yeah. Jason, that, but when you're ready, call me. Well, Are we going to do we something? Gotta, yeah, 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 let's do something. Let's, let's, let's stop yeah. fucking playing cat and right? mouse. Right? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's you know what, what I mean? Do you ever see <laughs> one of those little fucking dog beds, Brian? I have a cat. Wow, you uh, traitor. <laughs> traitor. Yeah, it was right in the, it was in the chamber. He this was right is my impersonation of me and Brian's improv team. You ready? <laughs> hey, Brian, did you ever see it? No. <laughs> And scene. <laughs> that was brief. Yes, of course I've seen a dog bed. On Twitter. Yes, I have. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Good work, Brian. It's all timing, man. Is it? It is it's all timing. Look at this guy. <laughs> So you're here, as you're saying, <laughs> so you're not in the studio also, oh, living Charlotte. in Charlotte, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. but you're, you're in, why leave? Yeah. And I'm, this is a loaded question because there's an exodus that is happening. Yeah, yeah. And, Include and, me in that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to say, you're one of the guys and, and yeah. I, I wanted people are going to Texas and Florida and Charlotte and- Sure. I don't know. think, you know, I knew some people that are going to Charlotte, Rich Scheidner, incredibly talented comedian who is up in Asheville Asheville, right now. Yeah. I had a friend of mine who moved here before you and I worked together on Shots Fired, and I went to go see him and his family, and I was like, what is happening here? Like, <laughs> how much do houses cost? And like, everybody was waving, and they were super nice, <laughs> and the creative scene seemed very uh, supportive, unless it was that, you know, you're the new person thing, so everyone's super nice to you until they realize your competition, <laughs> and they're like, and eh, go fuck yourself. <laughs> but at that time, it seems to, it still does seem incredibly kind and supportive. So I don't know, I just vibed with the city in yeah. a way. And since then, I had worked in, I think, New Orleans and Baton Rouge and Chicago and New York. And so I'd been kind of, you know, running and gunning in some other cities as well. And, you know, I think New York's one of the best cities in the world. I, I don't think I'd want to be a comedian there at yeah. this stage of my career, you know. I just vibed with the city. So I've been spending a lot of time here. I was in Chicago last week. I was in uh, L.A. three weeks before that. And then I was in Chicago the week before that. So I've been doing a lot of traveling and working right. on various projects kind of around. But because of the pandemic and Zoom, basically, I've had the luxury of being able to develop the television side of things from all of those places. Yeah. And then I'm going to try to figure out kind of the podcast slash performance situation from whatever city winds up being full-time, which right now looks like Charlotte. Right. Good. Well, I mean, yeah. we certainly hope that, that it's Charlotte. I'd love it, man. Uh, I mean, we were talking like I, I've always had a room for the last 15 years. So yeah. I've been looking at places to, to po possibly start a room. Hef was incredibly supportive. Yeah. Met with him and just, just a stand-up, no pun intended guy, just a genuinely decent human being. Yeah. It was like, whatever I can do. Now, most people that kind of have run the comedy scene for whatever, 30 years, aren't normally like that. Yeah, sure. But I think that's why he's probably been so successful is he just had a very open mind and was very cool and encouraging. So it was just great to yeah. see in another like positive affirmation of the of yeah. the of just the quality of the creative scene here in Charlotte. Yeah. And I, I think the other thing with Hep too is uh, kind of where he's at. And and I think a lot of a lot of things over the years have I don't know, they've changed for him, but he he's living he's living his best life right now and and him and his support of you know, young comics. Obviously, I don't mean you in that, but I, I just see him. You, why don't you I've go seen fuck him. Huh? Why don't you go what fuck just, yourself? What that just—that was your outside what? voice. You fuck. You, it was. <laughs> it was going so well, Jason. Uh, yeah. I don't. Uh, what? Jesus. I like this. You know. Hold on. How do you spell your Funny last name? Guy. You're off the Christmas You're card list. <laughs> Mine right through your name. Uh, yeah. Anyway, what was I talking about? Anyway, half likes young comics. So someone said, uh, <laughs> "I respect my elders." I was at a poker game here, which are outstanding, by the way. Great poker scene here. Nice. And he goes, "I'm going to fold you because I respect my elders." It's like lick Oof. my asshole, you <laughs> fucking piece of shit. He got in your head. Yeah, that's what he did. He then I went on tilt. Yeah. <laughs> you ever heard of a dog bed, Brian? <laughs> dog. 
bed. <laughs> yes. Brian, you there? Oh, he got it. He ate. You got a yes out of him on that one. Way to go. <laughs> Beautiful thing. <laughs> Nah, we're so, we're so glad you're here, like I said. Uh, and, and, and we're in a good position. I mean, get over to Zanies. I know you're Zanies in Chicago, but Zanies in Nashville is not far. Atlanta, I was just in yeah, Atlanta yeah. for a week doing shows. I mean, this is a good, it's a good place to be, man. So stick around as much as yeah, you can. Yeah, the flights to those spots are, you know, it's, it's, it's an interest, interestingly located place. Mm-hmm. That is vibrant all into itself, but the accessibility yeah. of all the East Coast spots are just outstanding. Yeah, yeah. It's What's good. your favorite place to perform? I, I did the Buffalo Helium 2019. Yeah. It was one of the most fun times I've ever had. Wow. Uh, uh, I've been to Zany's a couple of times in Nashville, which yep. was amazing. But I, I, Charlotte's main room here, anytime I've done shows. The comedy zone. Proper, yeah, the comedy zone here is it's the best. It really, for me, is the best room. That makes sense. It's my home. Sure. It's my home club. But, you feel uh, comfortable on that stage. Yeah, that's home, man. Yeah. That is, that's, as old as you are. <laughs> <laughs> I am, I'm spry, sir. In my, in my. Old I can age. lock my knees and touch my toes, young man. I can ride my bike over there. Yes. I don't, huh? but I can ride my bike over. And there. I That's only ring the bell in emergencies, <laughs> not for attention. That was in my younger years. I, I get in. I get in for free. Oh, they know my name there, so they pour the drinks real. real no nachos, stiff. please. I'm watching my wife. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. Well, I want to. I mean, when are you getting up on that stage? Let's uh, start. Let's start poking that bear Ooh, a little that'd bit. That'd be that'd be fun, man. Yeah, well, well we might have to. Make I'd that love happen. to just have some feature headliner, and I come on and do my best seven minutes, and just totally fuck up their sets. <laughs> <laughs> I just love when someone comes on and hilarious. just throws heat for seven minutes. I'm like, yeah. that's how you do it, <laughs> huh? Did you just that. see that? It's oh, three minutes God. less than ten. <laughs> do you know uh, this problem, you, Brian? We, maybe we'll cut this part because I don't know who knows who. You know, Mick. Jesus that's Christ. he's he's, he's Mick. Uh, Court, uh, Court McCown is uh, spending a lot of time here. He's oh, really? A, uh, yeah, LA comic is here, so uh, so I put you guys in touch. I too, do know so. Court. I'll just, yeah, yeah. Let's give him give him a call right now. Texting. We should. Well, we're on the show. Thing, huh? he, I haven't even had him on here yet. I'm a real piece of shit. <laughs> he, he has uh, been on the show though. He, ha- oh, he, he was here with Brent Morin, and he was here. I want to say with. Steve Renazzisi. Ah, I got it before, so he's they before, take, been, uh, yeah, before me. All the so big uh, none of that counts. <laughs> LA talent before that's pre-Jason. <laughs> yeah, I got here and they stopped bringing in the LA <laughs> talent. They're like, so how can't. long have you been the janitor of this building? <laughs> 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 you go to school for that? So what? So prioritize comedy for you right now. I mean, you're. I mean, look, you're in four different cities over the last month. I mean, is this something that you're gonna, gonna kind of hit hard here? And I, I'm saying that literally just to get you on the stage and to, to prove I'll, it. I'll do the stage. I don't. I don't want to prioritize it because I respect it and I love it so much that I don't. I've never wanted to do it just to do it. But yeah. you know, it's weird. As as I as, as you have mentioned, I am getting older. <laughs> <laughs> I say because we have like, we have young comics here, and, and like I said, having having Court in town and, and some of these other guys who are kind of back. Paul Hooper moved back here. It's like yeah. I want myself. Hooper, big hair Hooper. I don't know if that's no, big it can't be probably him. not. That's no. not that's big oh, I think of a different, uh, different. I think Hooper's yeah. uh, kid's first name. Yeah. So, like so having you guys here in town, myself as a as a new comedian, we won't say young comedian. <laughs> some of the other guys, I'd love for them to. to oh, see I'd them. love to do it. I um. I do feel, you know, it's funny that you mentioned young because I was once a young comedian and the the idea was to just be as funny and then being as funny, but also successful of like, could you go up in the rooms that you wanted to go up in? Did you have access? Like, because it wasn't really about fame at that point. It was really about access. So could you have access to rooms to where you could improve and really be the best? And then I would look at these people that would just come to these shows and I'd be like, like you said, like, what the fuck are you going to do, man? Yeah. <laughs> like, give your setup and me and this other person will chop your time up because we yeah. want this, man. This is yeah. keeping us up at night. But then right. that's a very myopic view of art because that might be the, that Tuesday might be the one and only beautiful thing creatively in that person's life that week. Sure, sure. But I was not mature enough really to understand that because I was like, gotta do sets and be funny, man. Funniest ever. And, you know, Stanley drove a cab and got to perform comedy in front of people. Right. That was a big deal in his life. But I was like, and he probably knew that he wasn't going to do anything with it. Right. But that's his business. Yeah, I've heard people. It's like I got, I got this five minutes all week. I've been waiting for this. Yeah, yeah. shut up while I'm doing this. Give me this time to do this. And you're right. There's a maturity to saying, 
I will let this guy, I don't have to sit here and criticize him to the point of, you know, well, I think what you ultimately find out when you can find different levels of focus, which relates to your question of where is comedy, is that like, what am I focusing on? What am I allowing to distract me? Mm-hmm. You know, what do I love? How do I, how am I nurturing it? What types of negativity are around it that are prohibiting me from experiencing it? You know, just stuff like that that yeah, are just right. part of the game of being alive, being a human being, but then really trying to pursue some level of creativity, craft, and art in any art form. Yeah. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, what there was uh kind of drawn a blank on where I was going, but the 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 idea of like you're saying of making time for it, right? Making time for whether you're writing or you're doing stand up or you're putting a TikTok up or whatever it is. Yeah. I do think that there's something and I've been guilty of this, most everything tonight I'm talking about that, is uh you just gotta do everything. I'm like diversify everything you're doing. Do take blah, blah. and here I am, you know, working on a writing package for way too long because I'm doing a thousand other things. That's and it, yeah. I could probably do to step back, take a, take a breath and, you know, like you said, live life a little bit and yeah. focus on one thing at a time. And anyway, there's just a lesson there for, for me in yeah. particular. But. So busy you're not getting anything done. That's right. That's exactly it right. It feels like, oh, I'm exhausted. Yeah. I'm just getting this. Yeah. And then you're like, wait, well, it's Friday? It's Saturday? Like, what happened? Yeah. You know, it's so weird is that this is actually, we're ha- I'm literally having a moment because I just had a, I was, I had a meeting just earlier with my buddy John and we're working on these, these things that we do and, and literally had the moment. I was like, I am so out of it. I can't figure out what's going on. Mm. I don't know where I'm, I just can't get it. My, I'm rudderless. I'm doing literally 50 things at once. And now, I mean, that really did put it in perspective for me right there. I'm saying, all right, hang on. I got to back off something, give myself a minute, refocus, recalibrate, you know, that kind of thing. That's good. Thanks, guys. Breakthrough. <laughs> we did it. Happy to help. That moment brought to you by Frank's Jacks. <laughs> Keep it strapped. <laughs> Holy shit. That's good. That's good. So tell me, tell me a, a big goal. You have a, you have a show that you're trying to write again. You don't have anything to plug. You said like, you, you got anything. Yeah, don't any? fucking follow do me. This? Don't do any of that no? shit. No. Jesus Christ. <laughs> he just said, you follow him and bring up his kids. He's going to punch you in the mouth. That's fine. Yeah. Literally, literally after that story would have been like, Hey, come into my life. <laughs> just take a, Gander at my kids. Come see me. I live in Charlotte now. Oh I'm not far from wherever you're at. Yeah. Listen to this. Just come by. The door's open. Yeah. You know, it's weird. I, uh, <laughs> all my shits. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I'm selling, I, I stepped away from staffing to just focus on creating original material. So staffing is like whatever, t- like drama or half hour comedy show you like as a staff of writers. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've been gratefully and fortunately employed for about 20 years, staffing, selling some of my own things throughout. But I really Mm -hmm. started to feel like I was becoming like a studio musician, very good, which is required to play other people's music or write to their voice and tone. Super grateful. But I thought, you know, if I... I love that. We've actually, one of the the people, uh, Spencer Taylor, who was uh, one of the co-hosts here, is now writing for our second show now. Oh, cool. Uh, So it's exciting for us. That they created or they... No, that they're they're staffed on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think they're kind of developing things? But anyway. Which is amazing. Yeah, like, yeah. So I really wanted to focus on development and take some kind of creative swings that maybe I wouldn't have been able to afford to do because it's probably an 18 to 24 month process to really break away from a staffing cycle and create the kind of volume needed to establish yourself as an original voice. Even though I've kind of been known for that because I've sold things periodically yeah. too, but to really invest in myself creatively. So I just saw the landscape in Los Angeles. You know, I think the city's really struggling with some logistical issues. Right. It's a very expensive city to live in. It's been nothing but good to me employment wise, but as a human being, I never felt like I vibed with the city. And mm-hmm. I always felt like, and I don't mean to demean anybody that's active or former military, but I always felt like a deployment to me. I never felt mm-hmm. relaxed. I always felt anxious. I always felt like the people that I were dealing with were strictly business. It just has yeah. that kind of anxious hum to it. So it just, you know, I didn't, I didn't think that I could be the best version of myself as a human being or an artist for very much longer there. Mm. And so I just decided time to go. Wow. We kept a place. So, you know, I've been out there a couple of times, but it's even more tactical now. And, you know, yeah, sure. much love to the people that are there, but 
oddly enough, it seemed like there was a pretty significant exodus. You know, yeah. a lot of people in the comedy space, you know, just kind of left. Yeah. You know, I'm grateful that I did. It, it wasn't working for me in many ways. It was mm. in others. And I'm hoping to maintain those by, but that's up to me now as an artist that I have to kind of create on that level to manufacture that, that demand. I mean, give me like, look into the future. You got a crystal ball. Look into the future. Okay. Tell me, can these, can, and this is an exciting thing. Actually. Sure. Can people sustain and be who these people are, these comedians and actors, can they leave and still do, still be successful? Can they create a, a new place that is going to be like a, like Atlanta has become over the last 10 years? Can they do that in Austin? Can they do that in these other places? Or are they going to have to go back, like you said, and, and you know, go back strategically with, for the work and, and that kind of thing? Can we do it from here? I guess I, uh, all I see in the crystal ball is by 2032, everyone will be using sporks. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, because so, it's just like you're making forks and spoons. Yeah. And yeah. I just feel like for the earth. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to invest in sporks, Brian. And cargo I, I, shorts. And, oh, <laughs> and, I don't and know. I'm not the crystal back. ball, Brian. I'm <laughs> not. I just say what the crystal ball tells me. You're really killing the messenger here, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> Did Joe Rogan put uh, Austin on the map? Probably. I mean, we so we looked in Austin. I looked in upstate New York, uh, an hour north of Albany. I looked in Asheville, Charlotte, Charleston, Chicago, Barrington Hills, North Shore, Chicago, Oak Park. I mean, we really, I spent yeah. months on the road yeah, right. just looking at cities and checking it out. I was just in Austin, too, three and a half weeks ago. I mean, I've right. still been doing a lot of traveling, and like Austin really feels to me like what happened to Portland and Seattle has now happened to Austin. And now Charlotte is at the beginning of the process, which will probably take 15 to 20 years to become what happened to Seattle, Portland, and Austin. And then who knows? Maybe What, what happened to Seattle, Portland, and Austin? Well, I think it became really gentrified, probably overpopulated by people that weren't really from there gotcha. looking to kind of originally go in and create a, and, and become a part of a very vibrant artist scene. And then it cycles into gotcha. kind of a very commercially sure. successful, there are vibrant original voices. Then people go in and chase that voice, which is what people are doing, probably going into Austin right now to chase Rogan. Yeah. Gotcha. So, you know, you had the Velveeta Room in Capital. Mm. What was it? It's Velveeta, Velveeta Room is like the alt room in Austin. And then you have, okay. I think, Capital City Comedy Club are the larger clubs. So, you know, Rogan's sitting on 100 mil. If I was him, I'd probably open my own performance space so I wouldn't have to deal with anything. Yeah, and you right. nurture your own talent through that and, mm -hmm. you know, open up a place like this and have your own podcast. You start bringing in people underneath yeah. you to, to develop that talent. You know, mm -hmm. just the, the sure. business side of show business. But that's different than, I think, wanting to act in television yeah. or movies, right? So good movies can shoot anywhere, but you know, you have studios in Atlanta, stuff, Danny McBride shooting in Charleston. Right. So you have stuff, dude, mm -hmm. where's your tax incentive? You have stuff shooting in New York, Chicago's got those scenes, but mostly, at least right now, they're casting the stars out of LA. Right, right. A little bit in five to 7% probably out of New York, but 90% out of LA, right? Is where your big deals are, your big talent holding sure. deals are with the studios. Mm -hmm. And then- your tax incentives are coming from your below the line and then your your guest stars and your possibly recurrings. I shot something up in Vancouver and we actually cast like, I think maybe three of the principals out of Vancouver. Wow. So, you know, you get some, but they were phenomenal performers. They were great. Yeah, right. So it wasn't like we were doing it for the money. They earned those through craft and dedication and talent. But on the comedy side, and it's and some part on and some part on the acting side and even the writing side now is your Twitter follower numbers, your Instagram follower numbers. So, who really is watching the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon? Right. Like really, like is right. the Tonight yeah, Show? Yeah, yeah. If you're a comedian and you're looking to get the exposure, that used to be a big deal. Now people are going to want to go do Theo Vaughn's podcast. Mm -hmm. If you can get on Rogan, you've done it. I mean, you're probably yeah, going to sure. put 500,000 to a million followers in your pocket after that experience if you don't shit the bed. Sure, sure. You're lucky probably if you get 100 followers if you do The Tonight Show. Wow. If you give out your Instagram. Yeah, yeah, You right. know, because sure, who sure. the fuck is going to be like, oh, get my phone. I got to right. look up this. What was his name again? Like, instead of spending yeah. an hour being interviewed on Theo Vaughn's show, sure, right. which is now getting 400,000 views on the video. I mean, he's killing it. So your mom's house, like they, uh, Tom Segura sure. and Christina Pashitsky yeah, moved right. to Austin. They're starting their Oh, did studios. they? Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay, I see. There we go. 
So, you know, this facility here would be 20 million probably when we were younger and totally inaccessible because of the bandwidth issues of having broadcast. Now is, uh, you know, couple sure mics, maybe a mixer. If we're doing video, you know, we there's $50 programs now to cut cameras, you mm-hmm. know, cut to cameras and you're in. And now you literally have a broadcast show. The, yeah. the quality and the content has to be up there. But right. if we do this and we develop our own audience, the barrier of entry and to fame as a comedian to develop those numbers. I mean, just off of my podcast, my goal was in the first, by the, by the end of the second year, I wanted to go to a hundred seat theaters and sell them out. Because I like, I'm a storyteller and I really yeah. wanted more of an intimate experience for myself and for the audience. I like to see everybody's face. You know, I went, did some shows with Ryan Sickler, who's killing it now with uh, The Honeydew. That's what I want to promote. Ryan Sickler's The Honeydew. There we He's go. killing it. Great guy. Awesome. Stand-up human, genuinely amazing human being. Check out The Honeydew with Ryan Sickler. And a shout out to Jay Larson. And those two guys used to do the Crab Feast podcast. But, you know, Bert Kreischer, mm-hmm. all those guys – millions and millions and millions of views. Yeah. Andrew Schultz, who's I you, think was just here. You did Bert Kreischer's show. Did. I did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, because they're there, someone can now make a trip if they can get in and book six or seven episodes of those podcasts for being in town. And you're looking at 30 million, you know, yeah, li- listens, downloads yeah, off right. of, a, of, of a Tonight Show, 1130 at night set. You're doing four and a half minutes. Yeah. It has to get approved. And, and believe me, that's fun. I mean, as a comedian, I would want that experience. Sure, yeah. Shout out to J.P. Buck, who I think books the Tonight Show if you're listening, buddy. Come on, <laughs> do, do four and a half minutes in front of your show. Yeah. I don't mean to shit on it, but I think it's a different experience and it's a different business proposition for a piece of talent looking to broadening their own audience. And what yeah. you can do, which you couldn't previously do, to have access to that audience. And now it's just hustle and ambition. Mm. Yeah, right. Huh. That's no, I'm, I'm over here. I'm listening. My eyes are big. I'm just like, this is, I'm going to listen to this podcast. <laughs> this is the one I'm going to listen to. I haven't listened to You're one right in four here, years. Jason. This is, You're already right here. I forgot I had a microphone in front of me. Like, this is amazing. I got my notebook out and everything. I'm jotting this shit down. Can't wait for this one to come out. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Anyway. Good stuff, man. Tony, let, let's talk more about that cat. I don't know where to go. I have questions. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Do it, Brian. I'm stunned over here. Do it. You worked on The Purge, on the TV series The Purge. Yes. Shout out to Tob Kelly, Jamie Chan, Crystal Ziv. <laughs> it's the same all guy the, who was doing the, 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 the jockstrap commercial, <laughs> actually. Right. It's, it's weird. That, that's yeah. I just... What? Welcome to Bob's Shoutouts, <laughs> brother of Frank from Frank's Jockstraps, giving shoutouts. You call Bob, I shout it out. <laughs> so The Purge, what's wrong with you? <laughs> what, what, that, what? That was an interesting show to work on, that, for sure. I bet. Yeah. Yeah. Tell, me, tell me about... I mean, obviously, you know, it spun off of the movies, but tell me about sure. that, that, like, I mean, there's some twisted shit. And, and that, so I only worked on yeah. the first season. Straight from the mind of Mick Ben. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. James DeMonico, oh. this guy, Sebastian, yeah. uh, James DeMonico was the creator of the, of the uh, movie franchise. Mm-hmm. And uh, what a great premise. I mean, it's, it's yeah, a pretty it's fascinating premise. accessible totally yeah. gift that keeps on giving. And uh, <laughs> who wouldn't want at least one purge in their life, right? Yeah, like, I just mean, one time. You right rarely now. get a big hook like that for anything creative where you're yeah. just like, oh. Yeah, anything goes. Anything, yeah, right, I mean, yeah. and you just do one now every year, I think. Yeah. yeah. You just, anyone that lives near his house probably hears that high pitched <laughs> beep as the money truck is backing up to his house and just pouring money out. I meant an actual purge. What were you guys talking about? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, uh, you made the movie in the show. Never mind. Guys, this gun's not real. <laughs> <laughs> I was totally kidding. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, the whole... So when I first started out, the first like show that I went to actually produce was Law & Order SVU, where I went to set. My first staffing experience was the Black Donnellys, but the writer's room was in LA. It shot in New York. And I was so... You know, some shows let staff writers go on set and produced the episodes they wrote. Some don't. Black Donnelly's happened to be a show that didn't. Law & Order SVU did. They really wanted to show you how to be a producer, which was great. And so I'd go, and you know, I'd be writing in these intense, special yeah. victims yeah. stories. Yeah. And then I'd be ca- going to Caroline's going, can I get a guest set? <laughs> like, like, it was like murder during the day. Yeah. And then like, what's the deal with peanuts? <laughs> Just like completely yeah. schizophrenic. Like, right. like yeah. going to do, but I would do that. Like I would just, I was Thanks. on because I just loved stand-up so much. So I'd be, you know, most when you're shooting, as you know, it's like 14, 16 
hours a day. Yeah. So that, but when I was prepping, sure, the yeah. prep, you know, it was 8 a.m. till 6 p.m. I could squeeze yeah. in a late night set. So a little more reasonable hours. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Re- yeah. For sure. So yeah. I'd be doing like midnight guest spot at Stand Up New York. <laughs> and then like lo- next day on a location going, then this is where we find the body. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just totally. Can we insane. mat all this down with blood? How yeah. they, are they allowed to do that here? Yeah. <laughs> so it was. Wow. But when my son was born, I remember seeing a documentary on Rodney Dangerfield and it was like, he was doing stand-up, and I think he had about the same amount of time that I did when his family was born. And then he didn't want to be a jag-off and be like, uh, I love you, but boy, do I love making strangers laugh more. So, like, I just didn't want to do that to, <laughs> to my fucking kid. So yeah, yeah. that's me. I know there's plenty of successful people that can be out for 50 weeks out of the year. I'm not that guy. I just grew up too poor and too dysfunctional to put my kids through that, you know. Sure. So. I tried to pivot and and thank God it worked to where I could do something a little more stable where I was getting paid every week. And like Dangerfield, I think came back when he was 47, when his kids got a little bit older. So I think that's kind of like my plan now is to transition back in and really find new and exciting things in that for me that I hope will also translate. To well, the that's audience. actually something that Rogan said he, I, that I seem to remember from a couple of years ago was you're a comedian. You're never really unemployed. You're always a comedian. That's always something... And it was less about being, you know, working. It was more about that's just who you are. You're a, you're a comic. You are, you know, you can always go back. Not that you're going to make a, a living, great living at it, but you can always go back to that. You go and write. You go to be an actor. Do whatever else. You're always still a comic. I think. Well, you know, I haven't riffed like this for an hour comedically in a year, probably. Yeah, right. But we're playing, we're in a jazz session right now, right. in my mind. You know what I mean? Sure, like, sure, I'm sure. listening to you, Brian's over there. There's kind of a... I mean, I'm uh, playing the triangle, uh, but I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> kind of the cooler <laughs> in the situation. Unbelievable. Right. I was just going to say something so fucking spiritual, Brian. <laughs> I felt it too. For all of the nuns out there, or people that have dedicated themselves <laughs> to a holistic <laughs> way of life, I apologize. It was beautiful. You were painting a nice this picture. This was the one where, you know, you passed the basket, you threw a couple dollars in there. <laughs> Everyone's on the kneeler. And Jason comes flying in with a fucking triangle tag. Just shitting all over your bit. Just sitting there like a catapult cock crying for the last 12 minutes, thinking in his brain, as soon as he shuts yeah. up, oh, yeah. I'm there. throwing this fireball called triangle <laughs> right at his face. I was, I was holding it. Yeah, I was holding it, the it, triangle it, up uh-huh, with my uh-huh, pinky up uh-huh. high. Ding! Ooh, got him! That one blasted me right in got the tank. Got him! <laughs> it's like he's gonna love this. Wait, That's oboe? No, go with the triangle. <laughs> Thank you, inner voice. <laughs> That's great, man. Second chair? Yeah, try first. I think what you were getting at was you are, you are you're a comic, right? <laughs> I do know what a dog bag is. A dog bed is. Hey, what? Just bring it all the way back around. But that's there's where there's an energy to what's happening right yeah. now. That if you're a comedian and you commit to it, you can feel it. There's yeah. timing. There's breath. There's pauses. You play the pauses. All of it. Like, but you know, some people have it instinctively, and that's great. But it develops, and and I will always be near to it. And then the more that I can mm-hmm. do it, I can get back to that real electric place to where it's firing ninety eight to one hundred percent of the time. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. You you are you're higher energy than than most people that I know <laughs> and walk around with. <laughs> James Trap Trap. I was like, Jesus Christ, he came in hot with that. All right. This is this is who we're dealing with. See? I told everybody at the top of the show. Nobody wears protective clothing down here in Charlotte. <laughs> Nobody. Nobody. I gotta get I gotta get chopped off at my neck for taking a big Frank's jock strap swing. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the jock strap. The fact that they were used. Yes. yes that's, that was that a special was, That was the joke. Not gonna lie to you, Brian. There's a new space on my Christmas card list. You just slid right into that. Right into <laughs> Initials JK, line through it. <laughs> I'm on a Christmas card list. Well, we'll have him back on the show. I'm going to make up. Like, listen, I got this. It's going to smell like spearmint. I'm going to have a gift certificate. <laughs> oh, <in> nice. <laughs> Excellent. This is kind of bullshit this, now. This I don't like great. where this is going. No, I, I'm enjoying it very much. I don't know what your problem is. <laughs> you shoot arrows, you get called an archer, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what that means. I don't know. Yeah. That was 
That was amazing. <laughs> Brian, we might have a new uh, co-host of the show, actually. Uh, listen. Well, let's, let's dip. I mean, 157 episodes. I would love it if you did that, and then I would just come in and then, like, say, if the, we're sitting at a table right now and there's an empty chair, and I just <laughs> fucking stare <laughs> right across at the guest. Yeah. And you're, but you teed it up. You really teed it up. You're like, this guy, man, super high energy. Wait till you see this guy. <laughs> and then I'm like, Michigan J. Frog. Yeah. I just stare at him, right? You fuck. You piece of shit. You're here in Charlotte. You're going to fuck everything up we're trying to do good shit down here you asshole yeah that's that it i mean i don't know i'm not co-host you know that's you gotta tell I me want. if that's what you want that's yeah, what you the want. guy in the show that i want is that good yeah. that's what i always dreamed of six years ago when we launched the podcast that's what i wanted mm-hmm. was was that sort of that kind of funny yet somewhat yeah. menacing vibe yeah. oh that's, all right that's what we were looking for is this odd or is this god it's it's both i think yeah. <laughs> the answer brian of, for the win yeah. <laughs> yeah it's good good cop bad cop That'd be good. Oh, yeah. I like that. I can totally do, that. do that. Yeah. Yeah. I have experience with cop shit. <laughs> and then one time, once a month, I'll do bad cop and it'll be a mess. Oh, that'd be great. You <laughs> just flip the table over. Absolutely. You're like, this is my month. <laughs> and I can't lift the table and it just scooches. <laughs> and everyone's just like, what's he trying to hear, do? And you're like, he's bad. He's, what are you, stupid? And I, I'm saying that nicely because he's bad cop. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we're writing a show as we speak, so. All right. Let's do it. Meow. Thank you, cat. Oh, look who's back. (laughs) A not homeless cat. Man, this has been an absolute blast. Oh, what a treat, man. Thank you guys for having me. Absolutely crazy. Yeah, dude, you're the, you're the best. Come back anytime. And I'm, I usually say that to nobody. So now I'm saying it to you. <laughs> yeah, I've I mean never it. heard it. <laughs> I really never <laughs> said it. Thank anybody. you, bad cop. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is my month. Uh, you're the best, buddy. Really, so I mean it. Uh, welcome to the Comedy Thank Zone you. podcast family. Uh, you're here, and we do want you to come back on the show. Brian, I mean, wh- where do we go from here, buddy? I mean, uh, certainly stuff to plug. Uh, so Comedy Zone, cltcomedyzone.com. Yeah. Check out all the all the upcoming acts and whatnot coming through. Through uh, Charlotte, I can't think of any off the top of my head right now. But there's good shows coming up. So Lots of folks shows. going back on the road and uh, good things yeah. happening. Queen City Comedy Festival coming up at the beginning of uh, September over at Spirit Square. Check that out through yeah. Queen City Comedy and the festival. We'll be there uh, recording some podcasts. We'll be doing a live episode of this program at the Comedy Festival as well. And uh, let's see Charlotte Shout coming up. Just all kinds of good stuff in uh, September, assuming we get our shit together and don't get shut down again. Is but this that yeah. is a bold assumption? Not not us for the pandemic. Yeah, it's, not us. We're all fine. See, Mick, I don't know if you've heard, but actually, there's a there's a <laughs> pandemic this? going around the world. That uh, is yeah. this the Joe Rogan experience? <laughs> <laughs> if only. Yeah, it is actually. Okay, I'm just I'm angry. Nice to go. No, I knew he's busy, so <laughs> yeah. I just figured it was a guest host. <laughs> I get mistaken for him a lot. Actually, <laughs> we have a very similar demeanor and. Tone of voice. I don't yeah, know. I have a political stance. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I, I like to take a lot of selfies where I'm sweating and growling at the camera. That's, that's very Joe Rogan, right? Alpha taint. <laughs> is that it? Or that no? is, I think it is. <laughs> oh God! All right, guys. Well, that's our that's our show this week. Thanks, Brian. Thanks for everybody for listening. Thanks, Nick Bettencourt, you're the best, and we'll see y'all next week. Comedy Zone Podcast is a production of Comedy Zone Worldwide and is recorded in a bunker just off the Comedy Zone showroom at the Abbott Exchange Music Factory in Charlotte, North Carolina. The executive producers of the Comedy Zone Podcast are Brian Heffern and Brian Bumpashevitz. Talent Wrangler is Mike Hall. Original music composed and performed by John McKeever. 